Welcome to Gridwalk with Cam Van Den Dungan and Carl Reindler. Welcome from a balmy, hot, humid Singapore for a very special edition of Gridwalk. All thanks to Bedpost. Upgrade your sleep with Bedpost to recharge your mind and body. Cameron Van Den Dungan here with Carl Reindler and we've got a very special guest, Carlos, today. Certainly do. Welcome, Rusty. Good it's to great to be you. here. Hey, guys. Um, trackside at one of the best events um, on the calendar, and I was very fortunate to go for a ride with our, our good mate here, your co-host of the show, Cam, um, in the last 24 hours, and, and it's changed my view of this venue, having come here a, a few times over the years. This is a, a great driver's track. It was very cool to experience that yesterday, Carl. Thank you, mate. I'm so pleased you were able to join me for that. And and I agree, it's such a great circuit. I, I love street circuits like any any racing driver. But this circuit, it actually has a really nice flow to it. And we'll discuss the changes to the circuit from last year to this year as well. Um, it's going to provide some good racing, I think. Yeah, Carl, it certainly will. We're going to cover off qualifying early on, then we'll get into a couple of our big segments. But just a reminder to everyone, we're not going to be able to take your calls this weekend because we are calling all the action here in Singapore. You're driving medical cars in Singapore, but we will still receive texts on the 40 Winks Tempered text line. 0433981116. Send in those texts and we'll try and get to all of your questions. I know there's a lot of people around Australia and particularly New Zealand, Rusty. I'm looking at you because you spent a lot of your life there. You've married a Kiwi and uh, it was a big night for the Kiwis last night. It was. What about our mate here? Full radio mode. He's loving it, isn't he? Doing a super job with this uh, with this new show. Well done. Um, yes, yeah, so Cam, uh, I'm proud Aussie, always will be. Um, this is a unique story, this. Obviously a Kiwi coming in uh, for an injured Aussie in uh, in Daniel Ricciardo, very unusual set of circumstances. We don't know how big this window is for Liam Lawson to make his mark. He, he said to me during the week, I cannot leave any stone unturned every moment I am in the car. What he did last night, and you'll go through some of the results of qualifying and so on uh, as we go on the show here, no doubt, he knocked out Max Verstappen, who admittedly was on the, the back foot. Red Bull haven't had a trademark weekend here, but for that young guy... In that car, which hasn't been great this year, the AlphaTauri, to get it into Q3, the top 10, was mighty. I was so impressed by his efforts yesterday. He's, he's just ticking all the boxes at the moment, I reckon. He, he's outqualified his teammate first and foremost. And we, we spoke about this a couple of days ago, didn't we, Cam? He didn't get the opportunity to go head-to-head last week at Monza because Yuki obviously didn't start, you know, uh, had a mechanical failure on the formation lap. So this week, we've, we've finally got that opportunity. He's doing everything right at the moment. Inside the top 10, I think, is that the best that car has ever qualified? Yeah, well done. Look at you on the stats there, Carlos. I just uh, winged that one. It's, it's had a number of different drivers this year, and that's its best outing in quali, isn't it? So well, We probably need to talk about who was the best in quali qualifying uh, altogether. And Ferrari, how happy are they? Carlos Sainz, two in a row. First time in his career he's had two poles in a row, and they are looking very good over one lap. Rusty, we talked about it. You and I are calling the race here for Track TV as part of the Formula One program. Uh, the question mark still sits over their race pace. Yep, uh, and I think that, um, you know, if they can break the stranglehold of Red Bull here, only Red Bull cars have had race wins in the 2023 championship. Uh, that would be remarkable. We, we cannot, I think, in a race pace sense, write off Mercedes-AMG here. Lewis, you can tell from the, the comments, the dialogue from him, he, he is energised here. It's not necessarily a great qualifying result from him, but he and George Russell, I think, in race terms, they are ones to watch this evening. I, I agree with that. I think they're the ones, you know, uh, Ferrari, we know, don't look after their tyres. My biggest concern is that 
we don't know how easy it is to overtake on this circuit with the new changes to it. We've got a couple of DRS, in fact, we've got three DRS zones. There was some, uh, some controversy about potentially putting a fourth DRS zone in which... Uh, which they went against. Well, you sat in that driver's briefing. I know you're not allowed to talk about this because you do have an FIA role and we, we, we put limits around you on that, but you sat in that driver's briefing. That was pretty hotly debated, wasn't it? Uh, yes and no. I mean, the reality is of it, you've got some teams where it's advantageous to have a fourth DRS zone, typically the ones that are a little bit slower in a straight line, namely Mercedes AMG. So they're, they're pushing hard for that for obvious reasons, but I think you've got to look at it from a sporting perspective and, um, and, and also from a safety perspective as well. The speed, and, and Greg, you, you've been through into that corner in, in the medical car with me yesterday. The speed that you're carrying into turn 16 now is so much higher and it's a really short runoff area. So I'm, I put my safety hat on and call me boring, but that's my job now. I, uh, I have to look after safety and, and the medical side of things. That's the, the FIA's biggest concern at the moment, I think, is the safety going into turn six, 16. I think we'll know more once we, once we have the race, uh, and potentially there's an opportunity next year to implement a fourth DRS zone, which would make it exciting. Um, the drivers all want it. They want to go racing. They, they want to you know, be overtaking and have more op opportunities for it, but yeah, it is what it is. The, the talk by the sounds of it is that um, there was uh, a lot of support for that, but not a, a complete uniform. Not, not everyone uh, agreeing with that. And, and in order to do that, to, to, um, to rush in a change of, of that sort of, uh, of that kind, the entire paddock needs to, to rubber stamp it. So, um, yeah. It, it can be, be implemented quite quickly. Uh, they do make changes. They think on their feet, but uh, it just wasn't enough evidence with, with a brand new circuit to be able to do that in time, unfortunately. And you're, you're going to have the teams at the pointy end with straight line speed that are obviously going to be pushing against it as well. Some good politicians in this game, Carl, isn't there? <laughs> we, we talk about Ferrari and we've, we've mentioned Mercedes as well. We're going out all over Australia. We've spoken a little bit about the Kiwi, Liam Lawson. We go out on SENZ as well. Oscar Piastri, how unlucky was he, Carl? I feel, really feel for him. He's driving so well in that thing, and he just can't catch a break. It's, it's things that are out of his control as well. Like, he was up on his lap in Q1 yesterday. was looking really good to definitely make it into Q2 and, uh, and, and show his pace. And unfortunately, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. The classic, you know, the classic scenario, he came around the final corner to find Lance Stroll's car in, in a million pieces strewn all over the circuit and had no choice but to roll out of it. In fact, I think that red flagged it, so he didn't even get that lap at all. And that was the end of the session, so there was no more chance to, to sort of better the market that he'd laid down. A couple of things to, to add to that, Carl. Firstly, uh, he doesn't have the upgrades that, that Lando Norris has on that car this weekend. Uh, McLaren were only able to bring one one set, manufacture them in time. Um, so Lando actually looks pretty pretty healthy here, or, or reasonable in, in, in pace terms. But in free practice three, Oscar was able to, to drag a quality time out of that. He would definitely have been Q2, maybe Q3, based on what we'd seen in uh, in that free practice session. I spent a little bit of time with him this week for um, the podcast. And yeah, and can I just give you... I was about to give you a big shout-out. Thank you very much, by the way. Your Rusty's uh, Garage podcast has helped me prepare for this weekend as well. I really enjoyed your chat with Liam Lawson, but I know you're about to talk about the Oscar Piastri one, but big shout-out to your podcast, uh, mate, Rusty's Garage. Geez, you do a good job. Thank you. We were nearly in exactly this spot recording one with Carl. 12 months ago which you can find in the library really cool but but to, to finish up on Oscar hugely competitive driven human being uh, has this 
a kind of unflappable nature about him. He, he's just so cool and calm in the car. But he could not hide, when you looked at some of the vision last night, when he returned to the pit lane, he could not hide his disappointment. It clearly was better. Circumstance meant that he was eliminated in, in Q1. Hey, guys, before we uh, keep dissecting qualifying and start to build to the race tonight, which is going to be fantastic and looks like we'll have our first non-Red Bull winner, it's time for track limits. Carl, you know I love my track limits. Track limits for temper. A mattress like no other. Proud sponsors of the Formula One on SEN. Okay, that was a third stroke on track limits. You've now been given the black and white flag. Is Cam inside or outside the track? So track limits, temper, well, thanks to temper, a mattress like no other. My track limits today, am I inside or outside the track limits when I make this following statement? Fernando Alonso should retire at the end of this season, move out of the way and let a young driver in. You can also join in that conversation as well. 40 Wings Temper Text Line 0433 98 11 16. Rusty, you, do you agree with me? That is going to light up the lines. Good luck with that. Uh, I, I am against it. I'm the first person that would um, love to see opportunity created for young drivers. I think that is a very important part of our game. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, without fence sitting, I'm going to floor my own theory a little bit. I don't think Haas should have two experienced drivers. They don't need it. They only need one of those two guys. They should be giving opportunity to a youngster, but they're obviously um, after, you know, incidents for whatever, for, for Mick Schumacher, they're a little gun shy in that regards uh, at the moment. Fernando brings something to the show. He brings uh, for Aston Martin great things to continue their push, their development. I d- mate, I do not for a moment. The, the Fonz and the way um, that he, he goes about his racing, um, he's like a competitive 21-year-old. No, I want him to stay. All I right, want him so to stay as long as he can. As far as you're concerned, I'm outside you're track outside limits. You're outside track oh, limits. I've got one. I've, I've, I've got a strike. Here right. we go, Carlos. I'm, I'm with Rusty on this one, 100%. I, I, age is just a number, right? He is performing arguably the best he's ever performed. I, I, I've always thought he's one of the best drivers on the grid. That team needs a good leader. Uh, I, I agree with, with Rusty's other statements. I think all teams should have a, a lead driver. I mean, you've got your Ferraris that need two main drivers, Mercedes-AMG as well. But I think the, uh, these other teams, yes, you need to start developing the youth and bringing them up and having a, a succession plan. But Fernando's just on top of his game at the moment. On top of his game. He hasn't had a podium in however long. He's shown great speed. He's an incredible champion. I'm not diminishing his uh, accomplishments over his career. No one has started more Formula One Grand Prix than him. But we're sitting there looking at Liam Lawson eyeing off maybe a seat in AlphaTauri, maybe a seat in Williams. Yet he goes and puts a car in his second full weekend inside Q3 and we're struggling to find a seat for him. Tio Porcher struggling to find a seat. Jack Doohan struggling to find a seat. Where are these seats available? I think we need to move on our champion, say thank you, appreciate what you've done. Let's start looking to the future. Here's one for you. For the greater good of the sport, isn't it best that we have all cars competitive and capable of being inside the top ten? In which case, you need a good leader to develop the car to ensure that it is capable of being in the 10. That's that's my argument. Yeah, well played. I'm totally in agreement with that. And where they are on their their build curve at the moment, Aston Martin, he, he brings something to that right now for them, definitely. All right, so it sounds like you both think I'm outside track limits this week. This is the first time I'm copying this sort of feedback. I will give you one thing, though. All right, here we go. Finishing your career on a high. That's, that's something. There's so many drivers that have sort of dwindled at the tail end of their career and potentially done damage to their, uh, you know, their long-term sort of reputation. 
Alonso's on a high at the moment. It might might be great to finish, you know, finish the year with, uh, with you know, where, where is it? Where, he's fourth in the standings at the Sh- moment. Should we call him the flip-flopper? Because <laughs> oh, cause at the moment, it. he's gone no, with you to, and gone with no, me. No, but, no, but, no. but where are you going? We want him top of the podium before the year's out if, if we're, we're to... You would know, love, contemplate this. Would yeah. love to see him have a win. All yeah. right. So remember, Forty Wings Tepper text line 0433981116. Am I inside or outside the track limits when I say Fernando Alonso should retire at the end of this year to give a young driver a go? You're tuned in to Gridwalk, and we're going to take a quick break. Welcome back to Gridwalk, a very special edition from a beautiful, balmy, warm, incredible Singapore Grand Prix weekend. Greg Russ joins me, Cameron Vandendungen, and Carl Reinler, our medical car driver and co-host of the show, as we look towards the race ahead. I think there's still more to, to pull apart from last night's qualifying, and we haven't really dug into the Lance Stroll accident. Happened right at the front of Greg Russ and my commentary box. It felt like an explosion through our commentary box. Carl, again, you're a, um, an FIA employee. You were the first driver on the scene. You were in the car. I'm not going to ask you anything technical because I know you're not allowed to, but I am going to ask you this. How was he when he got into the car? Because you were the first one that really saw him. Well, I think we all saw that he got out of the car under his own steam. Uh, he was walking, uh, walking along the track. Uh, he was naturally quite frustrated when we got to him, but, uh, but as, as we've seen, it's been, uh, been announced in the press that he's been given the all-clear to, to drive today, assuming they can get that car together. I mean, the thing was in a million pieces. You, you guys described the noise that you heard outside the commentary booth. I mean, that was a, that was a massive shunt. It, it's uh, semi-soundproofed in the area that we're working, and the way it reverberated through the commentary box, I, I genuinely thought someone was putting on like a fireworks show for the end of, of qualifying. It was really, really loud. So uh, the pictures then immediately switched to the incident. Um, lots to diagnose from that. Why, most most importantly, as you know, mate, very fast part of the track for that to happen um, and significant damage to the car. As we were sitting here um, for the show, plan is to get him um, on the grid, which is just incredible. Now, Carl, before we come back to the last draw, just reminding everybody, you can text us. We're not taking calls because we are in Singapore at the moment. The 40 Winks Temper text line, 0433 98 11 16. I've actually got my first question in here. Dan from Perth has sent us one. Is the Singapore Grand Prix a good one to attend? And if so, what extracurricular activities would you recommend? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dan from, uh, from Perth. Uh, Rusty. You and I went out and uh, enjoyed a, a nice little martini last night. I've been very fortunate to come here since the, the, the first one at Marina Bay back in 2008, which Fernando won. Um, and along the way, as a part of that with broadcasting, you end up doing a few things with Singapore Tourism Board and, and so on. Um, the thing for me is it is just a great city. It's easy to get to. So for someone like, I think you said his name was Dan, to, to fly up from wherever he is in Australia, not hard, great food. Um, the ticket for the race, I mean, if you love music... Uh, what have we got this weekend? Uh, Post Malone, Robbie Williams, Kings of Leon. I mean, it doesn't get any better. It's you, You've got to come. You've got to come and experience it. It's one of my favourites. I've, I've been really fortunate to get to a bunch of different Grand, Grand Prix this, uh, this last couple of years. I think Singapore's my favourite. The fact that it's a night race as well is a very casual schedule. Uh, you, you, you know, you can have a, an easy morning, go out and get, uh, get some brunch, have a look at the, the sights of Singapore, and then eventually meander to the circuit to watch some, uh, some action. There's some great support categories here as well this mm-hmm. week. And we've got Carrera Cup Asia. You've got this Thailand Super Series, the GT cars. So lots of uh, action on 
track and being a street circuit as well. There's, there's, um, you there's guys have completely ignored the second part of Dan's uh, message there, the extracurricular activities. I don't know where Dan from Perth is going, but uh, we certainly enjoy the food in Singapore. We enjoy a rooftop bar last night at Mr. Stork. Rusty, how amazing was it to sit and look at a beautiful street circuit underneath you in this incredible city? The city skyline lit up at night like that with the racetrack beneath you looks amazing. Um, where we've been staying is not far from uh, an area of Singapore called Haji Lane. There's, there's, um, you know, if you if you love your food, there's all sorts of, of things on offer there. You've got to try some of the street food too. Lapa Sat is a is a good spot to go to. Um, I, I, for me, there's there's no reasons not to come and experience that. Now, I'm not an ambassador for the event per se. That is just purely from experience over the years. I, I, I love coming back. Well, I'll, I'll pivot it slightly. I'll, I'll save you, Carl, because I don't know what extracurricular activities you've been up to. I haven't seen you for this trip. You've, you're buried away with the FIA. But uh, we've got another one on the 40 Wings Temper text line 0433 And this is Ali from Melbourne. She says, where is Lance Stroll at? And I think she's referring to the fact that he's finished qualified last at Monza. Big accident, but he wasn't even quick before the accident. I'm going to look at you, Carl. Where is he at with his career right now? That's a really good question. I, I mean, the, the poor guy was questioned recently about whether he was going to, um, you know, play, play tennis full-time. I don't know where that came from, but it's really a tough position to be in. Confidence is everything as a driver, and I just think he's lacking some confidence. Uh, he's got a teammate that's continually on the podium. Uh, and outperforming him. In fact, I don't think he's outqualified. It might have been one occasion this year that Lance has actually outqualified uh, Fernando. It's it's a really tough to place to be in, and, and trying to dig deep to find that motivation as well. Um, obviously, the uh, the complexity with that team as well, and knowing that his father is the team owner, probably just compounds it. So I, I don't envy his position. I mean, I'd love to be in his position, but it's uh, it's a tough one. And he needs to dig deep. He needs to to find something. Um, but momentum can change really quickly as well. It gets one good result and it, and it can build and you can finish the season on a high. So. Can, can we for, I think you said it was um, Ali with the, the message there, can we just park this a little in the show because you've got a segment coming up called DRS and, and one aspect of that, I'd like to talk about this subject or extend what Carl has, uh, has, has offered up here. Uh, just noticing one coming in from Elise as well who says, Carl is doing a ripper job, can be better. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we know that, uh, that Elise. It, does it say um, Olympic gold medalist it on may, there? It, it may say that. It may. So uh, for those that don't know Carl, Carl's uh, beautiful wife and much better half is an Olympic gold medalist. And uh, yeah, so she's just giving you a bit of critical feedback there, mate. In, in a former life, I got to work with her at the World Sailing Championships as did. well. So we've, we've had a nice full circle here in this convo. Awesome. Good person. Let's stay with qualifying. We, we want to pull apart last night. Ferrari, Mercedes, we've covered them off. We've talked about the unlucky uh, Oscar Piastri in that final uh, qualifying. What we haven't, or sorry, that first segment of qualifying, what we haven't discussed is Haas. Two cars into Q3, Rusty. I mean, we know in a race sense that it probably won't be great for them this evening, but that's a bit of, bit of sugar for um, that outfit. And they have, it, it wasn't just flash in the pan qualifying. There was a sort of an indicator of that coming in practice as well, wasn't there? So... Um, I come back to what we said a little bit earlier. I mean, two very good guys in, in, in that um, team. Clearly, their input is is helping there, but I would love to see one of those seats um, offered to uh, to a youngster. Now, one more that's just come in. This is Ross from Melbourne as well. We've got a, a few that listen in on from, uh, from Melbourne. Ross says, give a shout-out to all the Australian officials that are out there. Now, we'll do that, Rusty, when we're on air. We track TV as part of uh, the Formula One coverage here. But, Carl, you get to go out there and see... 
um, these wonderful officials, over 900 of, of them around the circuit, and they come from all parts of the globe. Well, not only that, you've got uh, F1 in schools. There's 600 kids that have flown in from all around the world as part of this program called F1 in schools, where they effectively run a race team. It's a micro race team they're running. They build a car. They have to manage sponsorship. They've, they've paid their own way to get here. And uh, I met all these kids on the grid. The, uh, the Germans won the, the world, world final. The Aussies finished second, which is a great result for them. But, yeah, you've got the F1 in schools. You've got all the officials. And there's so many Aussies here this weekend. Uh, it's, it's fantastic to see. That is a fantastic program. They're on Sentosa Island, which is like a, a bit of a holiday area here in, uh, in Singapore, only a short drive from the, the city. Um, the, the army of kids that have come in from all around the world to be a part of that. And the... Australians have a good record in that in that program. Um, the way they were talking to us, the the level of competition that, that I think has spun off from Drive to Survive and so on, is huge now. These kids that are aspiring to get into Formula One to be a part of that engineering stuff and and what they are creating in that program, um, the Aussies said the game has absolutely stepped up in their now, schools. We're going to go to a break shortly. Forty Winks temper text line zero four three three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, I want to hear whether you think I'm inside or outside track limits when I say. <laughs> oh, come on, Rusty. I'm standing by it. We're going to have virtual stat man Sean Kelly joining us soon. I'm going to ask him whether he agrees with me or not. I have a feeling you're going to win him over, though. Uh, when I said Fernando Alonso should retire at the end of the season because young drivers need a spot on the grid, he's been there, done that. Carl, I'm going to start stealing a line out of yours as well. Go out on a high. So thank you for adding to my argument there. The flopper over here. We don't know which side he's actually landed on. Before we do go to that ad break, have you made a call? You can only have my in or outside track limits, Carl. You uh, outside track limits on this one, I'm sorry. Spanish ambassador online too for you, Cam, by the looks of it. Good luck with that. I don't think I'm going to be allowed into the Aston Martin garage today when we get to the uh, we, we get to that part of the day. But in the meantime, we're going to take a break on Gridwalk. Welcome back to Gridwalk. All thanks to Bedpost. Upgrade your sleep with Bedpost to recharge your mind and body. I'm Cameron Vandendungen with Carl Reinley, your usual host of Gridwalk, and we have a very special guest. He called in on episode one. He has an incredible brain for stats, information, and everything to do with the world of Formula One, and we call him a mate, Sean Kelly. Thank you for joining us here in Singapore. Great to see you in person rather than down a phone. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. I've been... No matter where I've been in the hospitality areas over the weekend, I hear nothing but you guys <laughs> in my ears. Uh, so finally, I get to sit next to you. You guys live in the high life up here. Wow. Look at this. Oh, this is hey, great. Hey, 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 hey. We're all good. You're the one that's in the corporate hospitality suites uh, well, giving fair, people stats. Fair, fair point. While well, you're down there in the commentary box, which is probably like enough enough room for one person you've probably got two people oh no there. we've been upgraded Rusty and I got given uh, commentary box one but while I've got you here because I only get you for a short period of time you are a man in demand you go all around that's the, the world that's the impression I like to give oh yes. it's very true you got the Hollywood look as well right now <laughs> mate loving it but we've been getting stat of the week and you are the virtual stat man but you're in here I'm the actual stat man you're the today. actual yeah. stat man today so people don't really know what you do so while we've got a chance to have a chat how did you become the virtual stat man and what is your role within the sport as it stands? Well, my role is all the facts and figures that you hear, well, the vast majority of them that you hear in TV broadcasts or indeed trackside commentary cam, um, are written and prepared by me uh, so that the, the, the commentators can, can commentate on what's actually happening and bring the news. Uh, and then I bring the numbers to, to add context to that to that news, um, so I'm I'm in contact with a lot of the broadcasters while the cars are on the racetrack. I'm updating things on their screens in front of them, so there's some sort of instant context to something that we've happened. Like yesterday when Red Bull 
miss Q3 for the first time since Russia 2018. Added context to that, I went, did a deep dive on that just before I came up here, and the last time that happened on pace was Interlagos 2008. The last time we Red Bull didn't get into Q3 just on pace, not because of engine penalties or just thinking, well, we're not going to bother going for Q3 because we're going to be at the back of the grid anyway. But the last time they failed to get there because they just weren't quick enough was 15 years ago. Um, so it's astonishing. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I do. Uh, how did it come about? Well, I blagged it, basically. Uh, I talked my way in. Oh, so just I, like Carl. Yeah, that's, how, that's how he got there. Yeah, well, I, I, I wasn't here when that's I heard the story. Fair. But, you know. Um, yeah, it, it, I talked my way in. I started out with US television in 2003 as a researcher. And basically, that's all I still am. It's just become a bit more of an empire, I guess. Because one of the time, all the broadcasters thought, actually, yeah, uh, this would be quite handy for us as well. Can we, can we get in on that? Um, then eventually Formula One came along and said, can we, can we have it too? Uh, then Formula One teams themselves said, uh, actually, this is quite useful for us. Can we use it? Um, and then eventually hospitality realized, oh, um, well, if you're the expert that the experts use, can you be our expert? Um, I said, yeah, that'd be great. Um, and I think, I think a lot of it really is predicated on the idea that I can talk for long periods without hesitation or repetition, and I'm about 100 grand cheaper than Jensen Button. <laughs> so I think that's part of the reason why I got hired. I'm really fascinated by this. I love stats and numbers. I studied engineering for a while and obviously was a professional race driver. And for us, quantifying performance is, is a really important thing. You're more on the entertainment side of the fence. Have you ever delved into like performance analysis for, for teams or categories or things like that? It, it it has it has been floated as an idea, but I always say no. I, I'm I'm not an engineer. You know, it, you can't look at my numbers and look at them as engineering numbers. What you can look at them as as historical forecast numbers, i.e., based on what we saw yesterday. You know, it looked like Red Bull were going to have a very anomalous weekend, and I I, I didn't want to go stick my neck out and say, well. It's a done deal. Ferrari have got pole position. You know, you never say that. But what you would say is, well, this is. Of all the races we've seen and all the data that we've ever had on a Friday this year, this is the highest percentage of possibility that this is what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, you'd never, you'd never say, okay, Red Bull are out of it because, you know, we've learned that they're never out of it. Yeah. Um, but if ever you've got hopes that they might be, this is the highest we've Well, have. it's talking about hopes. At the moment, one lap pace, you talked about it, Ferrari crunching the numbers, that they were the arguably going to get pole position. You said you weren't mm. going to stick your nail up because so much could happen. But the long tyre runs, which you've done a lot of analysis on. Yeah. Rusty and I talked off at the top of this show with Carl about uh, whether Ferrari can translate their one-lap speed over a race, which has been their weak point all year. What are you seeing from the data? Well, Red Bull, normally what you see on the long run pace, a lot of high fuel pace, Red Bull always have a uh, quarter of a second average per lap on the long run. And I always feel like I'm crushing everyone's hopes when I, I, I distribute that data on Saturday morning. I say, well, yeah, I know they weren't quick on Friday, but don't worry. On, on come Sunday, they're going to be great. Uh, what we saw on Friday here, there was not that. Checker was quicker than Max, but, and Checker was actually the quickest guy on the long run, but it was by five hundredths of a second, not a quarter of a second like we normally see. Now, bearing in mind that they're now 11th and 13th on the grid on a track which trends among bottom of the pile in terms of... Uh, overtaking um, that's not of enough of an advantage to just breeze past on the DRS like they normally do um, Ferrari was strong re relative to the rest of the field on pace in Monza and um, with the Red Bulls now sort of removed from immediate contention barring safety cars or you, know, you never know what will happen at this track but um, 
I think it's looking very promising um, for Ferrari. And I think, uh, you know, we, we can't discount Mercedes either because between Checo, Checo was the fastest guy, and Verstappen was sort of a, a little bit further back, a couple of tenths slower per lap on average, on long-run pace. But in between those were the Mercedes um, and also Alonso, surprisingly. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's looking very, very good. This is the race we've been hoping for this year. We've said all season, if Verstappen wasn't in this <laughs> race, this would be an amazing season. Well, we're getting it, aren't we? It. Yeah. Now, um, Sean, while I've got you as well, we normally uh, on our show do a, a segment called The Stewards Room where we look at the penalties, infringements, and Carl, I'll get you to add on this as one as well. Last night, it was a very busy night for the stewards, and yet the reports look like no one has copped any grid penalties. We, Max Verstappen has got uh, a fine and a, basically a slap on the wrists. Did, did you expect that from the FIA last night? Well, I, I, I hesitate to second-guess the stewards because... Oh, we would As, never do that here. No, no, that would that would that would be very, very unprofessional of us, wouldn't it? But um, in my my first boss in Formula One always said to me, you know, remember they're smarter than us. All right, they've got access to more information, more data. They can speak to everybody who's involved and arrive at a, a, a decision that might, sometimes may look baffling at face value, but when given proper context, you realise, oh, actually, you're right. So I. I have long since learned not to jump to conclusions on these things. And if they say, okay, no further action, okay, fine. Uh, but I would say that it probably makes, it might make less of a difference to Verstappen than if he'd been on pole position this weekend. You know, he's already in enough trouble as it is in terms of competitiveness and, and whatnot. But it, it's, to me, it's actually nicer when we don't have penalties uh, because it, it just starts to get confusing quite quickly when you think, okay, so he's got a penalty. He's got, okay, so in what order are we lining these guys up? I agree with you on all fronts. I, I, they have so much information in that room. The, the data, uh, the video footage that they have access to, and, and just the conversations. We don't know what else is going on mm. behind the scenes. But he did actually receive two reprimands. We're talking about Max here. Uh, for, for stopping in pit lane, he received a reprimand and also for impeding Yuki. Uh, I, I forget which qualifying session that was, but uh, a reprimand is still a penalty. So they've acknowledged that, yes, he has made a mistake, he's in the wrong, but it's the lowest end of the spectrum. And mm. the fact that Max hasn't received any penalty for anything all year from a driving perspective. So so we're ripping into the show at the moment on Gridwalk with thanks to Bedpost. Sean, this is one that we're starting to do with you as well. Stat of the week. You love your stats. What is your favourite stat in your preparation for the race tonight? Oh, well, I feel like I might have just used it. Oh, okay. The fact that we've gone... Give us your second best stat. second best stat of the week. <laughs> well, I mean, you, we may have alluded to it. You may have already mentioned it before I, was, before I come up here. We always get a safety car here. This is the king of safety car. So you can get mayhem around this track. But you also get... You can get rain. In fact, as I was coming up here, uh, the taxi driver had the radio on. And they were saying it's going to rain this afternoon. And um, last year, I mean, we, we were in a holding pattern for an hour when it rained. And eventually we got the race going. And the thing with this track is... Because it's a night race, and because they sort of they, they crawl around like Bambi on ice when it is wet here, um, it takes a very long time for this track to dry. The two wet, wet races we've had, it's gone more than an hour into the race before it's actually dried out. It's very, very uh, anomalous how long it takes to, for this track to dry when we get a little bit of rain. Uh, and of course, as soon as somebody uh, you know stuffs it in the barrier or leaves a bit of debris on the track, the safety car has to come out. Uh, I was talking to Burn Mylander about it yesterday on stage and say, "Well, <laughs> hope you're hope you're ready for work, Burn. Don't be don't don't, don't have a nap while you're sitting in that car because <laughs> I think you'll be back out there pretty quick." So, one hundred percent record of uh, of safety car appearances in Grand Prix here over the thirteen running of the event we've had, but no red flag. That is a massive one. Oh, it yeah. just it it is beyond you know that you can have one hundred percent safety 
your cars and zero red flags. Maybe, maybe tonight is the night. I hope not. I hope we have a beautiful, clean, green race all the way to the end, and we're calling them right down to that last lap. Sean Kelly, thank you so much for joining us on Gridwalk, mate, giving up some of your time. We're going to talk to you throughout the rest of this season on Gridwalk, but right now it's time for a quick break. Well, we turn for home now on Gridwalk. All thanks to Bedpost. Upgrade your sleep with Bedpost to recharge your mind and body. The 40 Winks Temper text line is alive. 0433 And it's time now for a new segment. DRS, Drama, Rumours, Socials, with thanks to Sportsnet. Sportsnet holidays for money can't buy F1 experiences. You can access Sportsnet's exclusive travel packages to every thrilling race of the F1 season of sportsnetholidays.com forward slash gridwalk. Really looking forward to having them on board for the rest of the year. Drama, Rumours, Socials, Greg Rusby's back with us here on Gridwalk Game. Carl Ryan alongside as well. Rusty, let us start with drama. There's a bit of drama around the paddock at the moment. I'm going to extend what Carl started uh, very well before in relation to Lance and Aston Martin. Uh, they are, they're a proper company with a, a, a proper structure as a company and therefore there is a process around um, uh, managing people and expectation and, and so on. What does Lance need to do to ensure that he can keep that seat or do they need to start questioning that? He is naturally uh, the, the son of the, uh, of the owner, so you know that in some people's minds is a, is a significant con consideration here. This is a drama. This is a drama, right? Because on the, on the one hand, uh, you've got family. On the other hand, you've got business. And you've got a business that is going forward significantly and needs to keep delivering, to keep getting better. There is pressure uh, on that guy. Very unfortunate what happened yesterday. And we can't, um, you know, uh, look at this point of the discussion purely just on that incident. We've got to look more broadly at the, at the year or, and beyond so far. Yeah. I know the team have come in to defend Lance. Uh, we spoke about this last week. Uh, Mike Crack, the um, team manager there, has said that, while you look at the championship position and, and the points that he has, it's not a true, true uh, reflection of, of the performance that he's actually showed throughout the year. But the, the fact is, I think we all see it for ourselves, Fernando has outperformed him at every stage. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really tough one for him. Yep, that's the drama. So drama for Aston Martin is what do they do with Lance Stroll? And I think the numbers are saying he's just dropping away, isn't he? It's later in the season. It's the, the gap between himself and Alonso was just... I don't think it's ever been wider. Yeah, without sitting on the fence here and, and to... Um to Carl's point, you know, when you deal with people from his junior years, where he went to New Zealand over summer and did the Toyota Racing Series and so on, fast, talented. So I mean, it's it's not uh, unreasonable that they have him in that seat. But but this is now a team that's getting closer or endeavouring to get closer to the pointy end. So the expectation on the two drivers is is greater. Um, he's got to start delivering consistently on a more toe-to-toe -to -toe basis with Fernando. We've seen this in the same situation in other teams as well. Um, Daniel going to McLaren uh, a couple of years ago, he was, he was performing reasonably well, was given a window of opportunity to, to start rising to the occasion and start matching Lando. Really didn't, didn't get there in the end, was struggling with the car. Maybe Lance is struggling with the car at the moment, but McLaren, as we know, drops Daniel accordingly in, in, in place of, uh, of Oscar. I've got another drama for you. We, we talked about it on our last episode, so Rusty uh, will bring you up to speed on it. Felipe Massa is in court at the moment trying to overturn the 2008 World Championship, which was Crashgate, funnily enough, in Singapore, where we sit right now. Uh, a deliberate crash. It changed the complexion of that uh, World Championship. Felipe Massa would like that championship back, is taking it to court. The drama is 
another team is watching with interest and Toto Wolf from Mercedes has come out and made statement overnight that they're watching closely because a precedent could be set and I know Sean Kelly who's hiding in the background here thinks that they might try and apply that precedent for wow. the 2021 World Championship, which would see Max Verstappen drop back and Lewis Hamilton get his eighth. The 2021 story just does not go away, does it? I wish it kind of would uh, in some ways. That's that's a drama, mate. Ooh. I don't know where I stand on it. I, I, yeah. I think, especially after all this time, it was 2008, it was a long time ago. Yeah. You've just got to walk away from it. Uh, I, I, I disagree with it. I, I, don't, I don't like it. The championship's been run and won. It is quite some time ago, as you say. That's it. That's another um, part of this. But and, and I pleaded this case last time. For, I'm putting myself in Massa's shoes. How much would you feel completely wronged by the sport? Not not the people that made the decisions at the time or the way the World Championship went, but when you look back on it and go, another team cheated, and it was acknowledged that they cheated to gain advantage, and he lost out as a result of that, you would feel incredibly aggrieved. You fight it at the time. You fight it at the time. You throw everything at it in at the end of the 2008 season, and then but, but reigniting it. 15 years later, I... Uh, What's new? What's new that's going to come to the table here in the in the exactly analysis right, of, of this, you know? There's no new evidence that's mm. come out. It's just... just Jeez, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting uh, bound every which way I look in this uh, in this episode of Gridwalk. Let's move to rumours. Have we got any rumours in the paddock at the moment? What the heck? Why don't we just start one here for, for the heck of it on your, on your show? Red Bull are going to have to create an opportunity for Liam Lawson here. And that opportunity may go beyond the sphere of, of the Red Bull offering, either um, AlphaTauri or, or obviously the, the you know the main team. Um, they, they're going to have to do something for this kid here. It, it, he's showing at the moment. If he can get points tonight, and we're not all that far away from, from race start, which we're excited about, um, if he can somehow snare a point tonight, I think he's done everything he possibly can to make the point in this ver- very narrow window of opportunity he's got. Yeah, he is absolutely deserving of a full-time Formula One drive. It's a it's a serious predicament that Red Bull are in with with all the the drivers that they have at their disposal. You've got Checo obviously in the mix. He's obviously committed to next year. Uh, you've got Daniel still still out there floating around and, and performing quite well when he's in the seat. Um, I, I don't know what they do. Uh, there's talks. I, I actually read the other day that Yuki could potentially end up as a test driver, and it might end up with Liam and Daniel as as the double line. Were you now, reading Australian and New Zealand media at that point in time? <laughs> I mean, that's what we'd all like to see. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. You're tuned into Gridwalk. All thanks to Bedpost. We're talking about DRS, drama, rumours and socials with thanks to Sportsnet Holidays. You can get a package and come and join us here at Singapore. In fact, all the crew from um, Sportsnet are actually here hosting a massive crew. If you do want to get into uh, Formula One, you want to go and experience a Grand Prix, Sportsnet Holidays, you can go and uh, jump onto their website, forward slash Gridwalk, and you can get an offer to come over here next year. Tickets are available for the 2024 race. But, Rusty, the rumour, I don't think we're starting a rumour. Genuinely, I was picking that up in the paddock there are teams circling saying if you're not going to take Liam we will find we'll a spot for him yeah yeah so I think that's actually really good um socials now we've got an entire new world of uh of um fan here Rusty you and I watched out the front of our commentary box after FP2 the other night and it was just young women in groups going around loving Formula One this is fantastic to see and in your household you've got two brand new uh lovers of the sport young girls incredible young girls and they are all over their socials and what's going on in F1 I'm in massive trouble here so Drive to Survive as you rightly say has created this whole new um 
level of interest, whole new legion of fans, and how they digest the game is different to us in the kind of you know traditional motor racing fan sense. So uh, in my two teenage daughters, who are 15 and 17, they will often come to me and go, Dad, have you seen this or have you heard about this on TikTok? And I like you know, hesitate to caution them, is everything accurate on TikTok for a starter, <laughs> right? Here's my social for this episode, and I'm only the guest on this show. Um, we've been getting behind-the-scenes commentary box pictures from Cameron oh, Vandendungen, no. taking you into his world as a commentator here uh, at the circuit, what's involved, you know, seeing some of the great stats that Sean Kelly has posted and plastered up around the wall. He won't make any noise about this, Carl, so you and I are going to do this for him. He was in the papers in Australia here, our mate during the week, Cameron Vanderdungen, as one of the top 100 innovators in the country. You are to be congratulated, mate. In a country of 25 million people, that is not easily done. I know it's for other interests behind, you know, beyond what you're doing here in radio, but I think that's a significant thing. And socially, a little bit of chat around about it. You didn't give it a massive push, but I think we should do that on the show here. Very cool. Bravo, bravo. Yep. Oh, thank you very much. Now, let's get back to racing. I appreciate that. That's very good. We're starting to uh, really get towards a race, Rusty. You and I are going to have to set up in our box shortly because we're going to be calling a race very shortly. 62 laps is going to be the journey. I would like your tips, your predictions for tonight's race, please. We're going to start with our guest. Guests first. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Sean Kelly. We are definitely going to see an appearance of a safety car here. That's guaranteed to happen. What that does for a Max Verstappen, does that bring him a little bit back into the game? How much a, a, of a benefit does that offer? Uh, but I do think the, the run will come to an end tonight. I think we're going to either see a Ferrari or, or, a, or a Merck win. And a little caveat there, what's Lando Norris got up his sleeve? Maybe even a little podium for, for Lando. That'd be very cool for McLaren. So a Ferrari or a Merck, which one? Come on, pick one. Heart says red, head says Merck. There okay, so he's going to go with his head. Now, Carlos. I'm really liking Lando at the moment. I, I know Sean might be able to uh, uh, you know, talk about more about the, the pace over a longer run, but I reckon if, uh, if there's a bit of drama in the race, inevitably uh, a safety car, potentially some rain, we've seen Lando miss out on so many occasions uh, on that, you know, that, that win that he probably deserves to have had by now. I, I'm going to pick the dark horse in Lando for the win, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Max Verstappen on the podium, even still. From 11th place, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe third place, but it's really hard to go past those uh, Mercedes AMGs at the same time. Love, okay. the, love the storyline about Lando. That'd be phenomenal if that yeah, happens tonight. Yeah, that's great a, for the You were stealing my thunder there with Lando, but that's all right. I've, uh, you know, it's about you, Carl. It's not about me. It's about you. So he's gone McLaren. Rusty's gone with uh, Mercedes. We're going to go with your head this one. Sean in the background, I know we can't hear from you. You're going to give me a, a driver who we got in the background very quickly? Carlos. Carlos. <laughs> so he's gone Ferrari. We've got Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren. And even though I said he should retire, I'm going to go Fernando Alonso tonight for the win, and he's going to retire at the end of that race. Say, I'm out, I'm done, I'm going out on top. Thank you very much to our guest, Sean Kelly. Thank you to Greg Russ for joining us. Remember, check out Rusty's Garage. What a great podcast, and we really appreciate it. Cameron, please report to race control. You're outside track limits. Cameron, to race control. <laughs> and, okay, I'm officially outside track limits. I'll wear that. Carl, thank you very much for another week. You've been tuned into Gridwalk. We're going to go and call some racing.